shoes It's Jesus in the everyday me and you The Good News in Shoes This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. This is Kenneth Hagan of Faith Seminar of the Air. I learned something from P.C. Nelson that I've never forgotten. He said the time will come when you'll need faith either for yourself or for some member of your family. And if you haven't kept your faith strong, you will be at a disadvantage. That's why I encourage you to listen to Faith Seminar there every Monday through Friday on this station, and it will help keep your faith strong. Faith Seminar of the Air, heard at 7.15 a.m. daily on WCNO. The Revealing Truth Radio broadcast thanks Ed Meyer Century 21, all professional, for their underwriting support. Hi, this is Ed Myers, realtor with Century 21, all professional, and member of the National Association of Realtors. Whether you are buying, selling, or renting a home, understanding the market can be essential. I'm a Century 21 top producer, recipient of the Century 21 Presidential Award, Century 21 Centurion Award, and Quality Service Pinnacle Award. I proudly serve the United States Marine Corps, and now I'm specializing in serving the Port St. Lucie, Stewart, Fort Pierce, West Palm Beach, and surrounding areas of the Treasure Coast. Real estate is the key to building long-term wealth, whether you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a home, a first-time home buyer, or an investor. Letting an experienced professional with a proven track record can make all the difference. I would love the opportunity to help you. You can reach me by phone or text at 772-342-0047. Again, that number is 772-342-0047. The Revealing Truth radio broadcast thanks Access Able Designs and owner Alan Garrett for their underwriting support of this week's program. Hello, my name is Alan Garrett, and I'm the owner of Access Able Designs. A diving accident 31 years ago changed my life physically in a way that left me quadriplegic. However, 15 years ago, I dove into Jesus Christ, which changed my life spiritually forever. The combination of the two have given me the unique opportunity to help others. At Access Able Designs, we offer a creative line of bathroom accessibility products, such as folding shower and bathtub benches, as well as our exclusive patented toilet transfer bench. Our products are commercial grade, stainless steel construction, and built to last. They're also available in custom sizes. Our line of ADA compliant swimming pool lifts are a big seller with hotels, commercial properties, and homeowners. Our products can be seen at accessabledesigns.com as well as my personal life story. I look forward to hearing from you. For more information, you can contact us at 877-853-7816. That number again is 877-853-7816. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarbis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says... You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. This week, Pastor Jason will be speaking on the love of the Father. So grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. Jesus is coming to the outskirts of a city called Samaria, 
and he sits on a well because he's thirsty. He needed some water to drink. And he starts talking to this woman that's from Samaria. And how many of you know during this time, you just didn't, if you were Jewish, especially if you were a rabbi or a teacher, you didn't talk to Samaritans, especially a woman. A Samaritan woman was considered a dog in the eyes of a Jew. You have nothing to do with them. You know why? They were considered half-breeds. They were of the ten other tribes that intermingled, got mixed up in Baal worship, got mixed up with 50 other nations, and they idolatrized what God had told them not to do. So the Jews of Judea and the tribe of Benjamin would have nothing to do with Samaritans. And here's Jesus sitting at the well with a Samaritan woman, and they're having this conversation about water. And Jesus is starting to break some cultural divides here. How many know it's a good thing to break some cultural divides? I love Jesus because he wasn't politically correct. He was, he was not politically correct. Jesus was the first one. It wasn't Bill O'Reilly. Jesus was the first one to have the no spin zone. He was the first one to tell it like it was. And if they didn't like it, he really didn't care. Kill me if you want to. I'm going to tell you the truth. That's what Jesus did. Amen? So Jesus begins to talk to her, and he asked her to give him something to drink. And she said, she said Sir, you can't drink anything out of this well because you don't have anything to draw the water up out of the well with. And Jesus said, well, can you help me out? And she said, well, I can get you something. And Jesus said, well, what about you? What about you? If you drink this water, you'll continue to be thirsty. If you drink this water, you'll be thirsty in a few more hours, and you'll want something else to drink. Amen? But I've got some water for you that if you'll drink it, you will never be thirsty again. I've got something for you that will satisfy you. Somebody say satisfy. Now, how many of you know that woman had been drinking water from a well that could never satisfy her? It could never satisfy her. Because how many know if you drink a glass of water, you're going to have to drink another one later on if you want to stay alive? It ain't just one bottle of water, and then that's it for life. You have to keep drinking water to sustain yourself. Isn't that right? But Jesus comes along, and he goes, i got some water that will sustain your life. It will satisfy you. You won't never look for nothing else. How many know there are people in this church today that are trying to get satisfaction from things that cannot satisfy them. No, you didn't hear me this morning. I said there are people here in this house this morning that are trying to get satisfaction from things that cannot possibly satisfy them. Amen? You drink from a well called your job. You drink from a well called your savings account. You drink from a well called your money. You drink from a well called friendships. And they never satisfy you. They keep you wanting for more. They keep you hanging on for something else. That's why you put so much pressure on people to make you happy. Well, you're not making me happy. I don't want to be around you. In other words, you're not satisfying me. My God, amen. I mean, you know, people can never completely make you happy. There's not a continual eternal satisfaction from other people, from other things, from what you do. What you do is not who you are, ladies and gentlemen. Amen? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about this morning. There's some folks in here that drink from the well of, uh, well, I need something to entertain me. I got to have some entertainment in my life because life is horrible. I need to do something. I got to go to Highlight. I got to go to the dog track. I, I got to go to the movies all the time. I, I just leave me alone. I need something to entertain. I got to check out a little bit. I, I need something. I need something to take my mind off this stuff. Because you're driving me crazy. Come on, y'all. Does that sound familiar to anybody this morning? But really all you're doing is you're looking for a distraction from your mundane life because you don't have anything in your life that is satisfying you. It hasn't taken up that God-shaped hole on the inside. So you're always continually looking for some kind of escape. Some people drink from the wells of addiction. 
Addiction to drugs, addiction to sex, addiction to alcohol, codependency, addiction to anything that will help me check out a life and lead into something else that I think can pass me by some time so I don't have to worry about the fact that I'm not being satisfied. Jesus said, you can drink from all these wells you want to. You'll never be satisfied. It won't satisfy you. But check this out. I got some water, and if you drink this water, it's going to satisfy you, and you'll never be thirsty again. You'll never thirst again. It'll be like Gatorade for your soul. It's going to be a soul quencher, a thirst quencher. It'll relieve you from every fleshly desire, from every emotional desire that you have. It'll fulfill and sustain you from the inside out. My God. And you'll never thirst again. And she says, well... She clues into the fact that he's talking about the presence of God. You see that? And she says, well, I know about worship. I, I know a few things about that. My, my father worships on this mountain, and your father worships on this mountain. And, and she wanted to argue with Jesus about our worship and, and what was going to take place. And Jesus said to, her, said to her, here it is, lady. You need to listen to me this morning. He said, woman, you got to get a revelation of what I'm talking about here. The time is coming and now is here when the debate is no longer how we're going to worship God or where we're going to worship God or how you do it or how they do it or where we're going to do it. It don't have nothing to do with that anymore. Listen, one of the things that we see all over this country and it just blows my mind. We see it everywhere. We see these signs on the side of the road and they'll say traditional worship, contemporary worship. You ever see that? Traditional worship at 8.30. Contemporary at 10. Ecumenical at 11. Disco at 1. I want to go to that disco church. My jacket. Huh? All kinds of worship going on. We got the hoppers. We got the dancers. We got the runners. You've been to a running church before? They run around the sanctuary when everybody starts singing. Say, Why are you running? You're supposed to be singing. We got the pew hoppers. You got to go to a church that's got pews. They run on, I'm not kidding, I've seen it. They run on the top of the pews. All the way from the back to the front and from the front to the back. People worshiping all kinds. We got the holy rollers. You open up the back door, they just roll right on at the back door. Worship God however you want to. But Jesus said it's not about that anymore. I mean, the reason why it's like that is because a lot of people want to argue over how we're going to worship. Well, that's not how you do it. You do it this way. You can't find a handful of people to agree on how worship is, let alone churches. I mean, you walk to just about any church anywhere in this county, and the worship is going to be different than it is here. Well, I don't like the way you are. I'm going to go worship over here with these people. That's why churches are broken down on cultural divides sometimes. That's why you see all black churches, all Latin churches, and all white churches. Because they bring in the culture into their worship. We have people arguing over the fact we're going to clap or not clap. Whether we're going to jump or not jump. Whether we're going to have a band or a piano and an organ. Or we ain't going to have no instruments at all. Boy, you better hope you got a good worship leader with no instruments at all. That can get ugly in a hurry. But the argument wants to be over where we worship or how we worship. And Jesus said, listen to me, lady. That's not what this is about. There is a time coming, and now he is, well, man will no longer worship in that mountain or that mountain, but they will worship God in spirit, and they will worship Him in truth. Sitch is what my Father is looking for. 
I told you two weeks ago that God is seeking worshipers. God's not interested in whether you come in with lights wrapped around your head and, and blue jeans on or whether you stand here like this. And now we're going to take a break from the message. We will be rejoining Pastor Jason in just a moment. But first, I want to take this opportunity to tell you about Truth Church. Truth Church is located in the heart of St. Lucie County at 3891 Edwards Road in Fort Pierce. Our Sunday worship service starts at 10 a.m. Truth Church is a non-denominational Pentecostal church. There's a ministry for the whole family at Truth Church. Whether it's our monthly senior meetings, children's church, or youth group, there's something for everyone. If you're new to the area or you're looking for a home church, we invite you to come and join us. First, you will be our guest, and then you will be our family. Truth Church, a place for the whole family. He's looking for people that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen? He's not looking for how you dress or where you live or what you do. He's looking for worshipers. Touch somebody and say, worshipers. In our text this morning, the meeting that they're having is called a Jerusalem Council. Somebody say Jerusalem Council. And the reason why they're having this big meeting is because how many know that all the people that were Christians were Jews? Come on, the first people that get born again. said, so you mean the 12 disciples were Jewish? Yes. They actually were. <laughs> they were all Jewish people. Oh, God, I didn't know that. No, they were, really. Christianity was birth. Listen, I don't want to rock your boat this morning and mess you, mess you up in your theology, but listen, Jesus was Jewish. He was a rabbi. He knew the Old Testament, the Torah. Anyway, these Jewish people got filled with the Holy Ghost, and they started getting turned on to Jesus and changing things. And now all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost explodes outside of Jerusalem and outside of Judea and outside of Samaria. And guess what starts happening? People like me and you start getting born again. They call us Gentiles. Touch somebody and say, I'm a Gentile. Well, that's a good little revelation right there. Somebody said, well, I don't, I don't like it when white marries black and Latino marries white. I said, well, we're all Gentiles. Who cares? We're Gentiles. <laughs> and beyond that, we're all children of God. That's a whole other sermon. So anyway, they get born again, and these Gentiles, they start coming into the kingdom. And so now there's this problem because all the Jewish people, they think, well, man, hang on a minute. We started this franchise called Christianity. We broke away from these Pharisees. We decided that we weren't going to do it the way they did. We started this. What do you mean Gentiles? This is a Jewish religion, this Christianity thing. And all of a sudden, they're seeing Gentiles. They're starting to have miracles, and they're getting saved. And Gentiles are speaking in tongues, and they're getting full of the Holy Ghost. And, and leaders of the early church decide to have this big meeting, and they come together, and they have this conference in Jerusalem to begin to work this stuff out. And they say, well, let's just get before God and find out what really we need to do. So they brought Paul in, and Paul gets up and talks a little bit about what God's doing with Gentiles. That Barnabas comes in, and he begins to, to talk about a few things. And Peter comes in, and he talks about what happened over at Cornelius' house. And, and they're talking about all these things that are going on. And, and there's, there's some people that some of the disciples are like, well, I don't know about this Gentile thing. And, and Paul's like, no, this thing is real. God wants us to have it. And then the guy that's in charge of the whole meeting, James, 
Well, I didn't know James was in charge. I thought Peter was. No, James. I mean, no, James was the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. James said, hold up, wait a minute. I'm going to put some truth in it, and this is how it's going to be. And everybody, you know, everybody said, got quiet. Paul got quiet. Peter got quiet. Barnabas got quiet. All of them got quiet. All the church leaders got quiet. And he stands up and he says, hold on. I think I've got the solution here. I think this Gentile thing is from God. I think it just might be from God. And in fact, he said, I think one of the old prophets said that this day was going to come. And that prophet, his name was Amos. Amos was an Old Testament prophet who prophesied things into the future. And this is what Amos said. That's the quote that we read in Acts this morning, 15. Amos said that the day would come when there would be a generation who would rise up in the earth, watch this, and they would rebuild the fallen down tabernacle of David. Somebody say tabernacle of David. Which was nothing more than a tent. The tabernacle of David. It was a tent that housed the Ark of the Covenant. And he said, when that happened, everybody that calls on the name of the Lord is going to come into the kingdom. Even the Gentiles. In other words, it's going to be a whosoever will. If you're willing to be a child of God, God's going to take you in. You're going to be His child. Amen? You're going to be a whosoever will kind of a church. So the question is, is why did He use in the prophetic word about the Gentiles coming into the kingdom the tabernacle of David. What was so significant about the tabernacle of David? How come he wasn't talking about the tabernacle that Moses built? And why wasn't he talking about the temple that Solomon had built and had been rebuilt at the time when James gave this address in the book of Acts? I don't know about you, but if uh, you sit up and watch Christian TV at night, because I do that sometimes when I can't sleep, i got like 12 Christian channels. Man, there was a guy on there for a half hour the other night, man. He wanted a $1,000 seat. I almost wrote him a check. He was working me over. Oh, man, maybe I should write him a check for $1,000. The Lord said, change the channel. I said, okay. That was a close one. He was good, man. I was looking for the checkbook at 2 o'clock in the morning. Where's the checkbook? i got to write this guy a check. Some of y'all need to put your checkbook locked away. Uh, he said, well, pastor gave him $1,000. I think I'll do it. No, 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 no. You better hear God. <laughs> anyway, I was up watching TV. And, uh. How many know when you start watching these shows on Revelation and Prophecy, like Jack Van Impey and all them guys, man, they're just a mile a minute. Blah, 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 blah. And that's when the temple, and, I, and, and, and the prophet, and the false prophet, and, and the 666, and the beast, and they're going off on all this Revelation stuff, and your mind's like, oh, wow. This thing is really going to happen soon. Oh, no, you can't watch Jack Van Impey for a half hour and not go to bed going, are you coming back tonight, Jesus? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And his wife, Roxella, what a name. Read that, Roxella. Anyway, one of the things that you see in these prophetic TV shows and these shows about the end of times and these Christian broadcasting shows with these teachings on it, and you can watch Perry Stone and all these guys, amazing teachers on end-time prophecy. One of the things that they talk about is that the temple has to be rebuilt in Jerusalem because there are specific things that take place in the book of Revelation concerning the temple in Jerusalem. So we know that one of the signs of the end time is that the temple gets rebuilt. How many know the temple was torn down in 70 A.D.? The Romans came in there about 35 years after they crucified Jesus, and they burned it down. I mean, that was a prophecy fulfilled by Jesus. He said, not one stone will be left on the other. 
Not one stone. He said, well, why would they tear down each stone? Well, you know what happened? They got, the Titus told them not to burn down the temple because there was so much gold in the temple. But the soldiers went in there and set the thing on fire anyway, and it got so hot that all the gold melted and ran down into the cracks of the stones. So in order to get the gold out, they had to tear the temple down stone by stone. I just love it when Jesus' prophecies come to pass like that. Isn't that something? 35 years later. Come on, anybody ever heard of that? Now listen, well, that's an important aspect of biblical prophecy, that the temple's got to be rebuilt concerning the end times. Can I just say this to you this morning, that the rebuilding of Solomon's temple is not as significant as the rebuilding of David's tabernacle. There's a deeper spiritual significance on the tabernacle of David. How many know that they're not the same thing? They're not the same thing. The tabernacle of David moved into a New Testament reality. The tabernacle of David touched on the fringes of what the Holy Ghost was going to be bringing to the church. David saw something that nobody else saw. He saw something that Moses could not see. He saw something that Elijah did not see. He saw something that the Old Testament prophets didn't understand. David saw something that nobody else saw. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Amen. Watch this. So why the tabernacle of David? What is so significantly different about David's tabernacle? How many know that David's bloodline is the bloodline of the Messiah? If you study the Old Testament, you will see that the Messiah was to come from the bloodline of David, from the throne of David. I mean, Mary, Jesus' mother, come from the bloodline of David. She was from the tribe of Judah. Amen? When it comes to his lineage, it's important. The lineage of Jesus Christ on the human side is from David. Praise the Lord. So David is a very important Old Testament figure. How I many know in the Old Testament, it dedicates 12 chapters in the Old Testament to Abraham. Hey, think Abraham's a very important character in the Old Testament. Come on, he's the one of the promise. He's the one of the covenant. He's the one that God said, I'm going to give you all this, and through your bloodline will come a deliverer. Through your bloodline, come on somebody, y'all know what I'm talking about. There's 11 chapters devoted to the life of Isaac, the son of Abraham. There's 10 chapters devoted to the life of Elijah. 10 more chapters devoted to the life of Elisha. But how many of you know this morning there are 60 chapters in the Bible devoted to the life of David? Isn't that something? There's over 1,000 references in the Bible to David. There are 50, 50 plus in the New Testament about his life. Of all the books in the Bible that Jesus quoted, he quoted more from the things that David said and David wrote out of the whole entire of the Old Testament. Don't you just think that's amazing? How many know that's very significant? And it's significant because there's something about the life of David that God wants us to see. There's something that David understood that we need to understand. And here's what happens. God was trying to communicate to his creation that I work and I create and I bless and I move in an atmosphere of worship. Y'all need to get that this morning. That's the extension of faith that we're talking about. I shared this with you a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Job. Job was arguing with God over 
over how smart he was. And God said back to Job, he said, Job, if you want to think you're equal to me, then let me ask you something. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the world? Where were you when I hung the stars in the sky and I put the moon up there for everybody to see and I placed it in the heavens? Where were you, Job, when I formed the oceans and I made the mountains? And then he said this, I want to know what you were doing on the morning when I hung the morning star together and the sons of God shouted for joy over all creation. Where were you, Job? And that's when Job said, well, I don't think I knew what I thought I knew. You're right. Let me back off of that. But do you understand what God was saying to him? He was saying that when I create things, there is music, there is worship, there is shouting that is going on. In my creative process, it's not quiet. I shared this with you a couple weeks ago, literally in Genesis chapter 1, where it says, and God said, let there be light. The actual literal Hebrew translation is, and God sang, let there be light. Can you imagine the creator of all the universe singing? Think about that. Isn't that awesome? God is surrounded with an atmosphere of worship. Thank you for joining us today for the Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner. Hope you will tune in again each day, Monday through Friday, right here on WCNO 89.9 FM. To obtain your copy of this week's message, please send your check for $5 for shipping and handling to 3891 Edwards Road, Fort Pierce, Florida, 34981. To pay by phone or simply make a love gift, you can call 772-461-8555. That number again is 772-461-8555. For more exciting information on our church, service times, and directions, you can check us out on the web at IgniteYourWorld.com. This has been The Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner, and I'm your host, Bob Tarvis. See you next time on The Revealing Truth. The Revealing Truth radio broadcast thanks Ed Meyer Century 21 All Professional for their underwriting support. Hi, this is Ed Myers, Realtor with Century 21 All Professional and member of the National Association of Realtors. Whether you are buying, selling, or renting a home, understanding the market can be essential. I'm a Century 21 top producer, recipient of the Century 21 Presidential Award, Century 21 Centurion Award, and Quality Service Pinnacle Award. I proudly serve the United States Marine Corps, and now I'm specializing in serving the Port St. Lucie, Stewart, Fort Pierce, West Palm Beach, and surrounding areas of the Treasure Coast. Real estate is the key to building long-term wealth, whether you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a home, a first-time home buyer, or an investor. Letting an experienced professional with a proven track record can make all the difference. I would love the opportunity to help you. You can reach me by phone or text at 772-342-0047. Again, that number is 772-342-0047. The Revealing Truth radio broadcast thanks Access Able Designs and owner Alan Garrett for their underwriting support of this week's program. Hello, my name is Alan Garrett, and I'm the owner of Access Able Designs. A diving accident 31 years ago changed my life physically in a way that left me quadriplegic. 
However, 15 years ago, I dove into Jesus Christ, which changed my life spiritually forever. The combination of the two have given me the unique opportunity to help others. At Access Able Designs, we offer a creative line of bathroom accessibility products, such as folding shower and bathtub benches, as well as our exclusive patented toilet transfer bench. Our products are commercial grade, stainless steel construction, and built to last. They're also available in custom sizes. Our line of ADA compliant swimming pool lifts are a big seller with hotels, commercial properties, and homeowners. Our products can be seen at accessabledesigns.com as well as my personal life story. I look forward to hearing from you. For more information, you can contact us at 877-853-7816. That number again is 877-853-7816. Ignite Your World Ministries, Truth Church, and all its affiliate ministries thanks Destiny Network and Bishop Tony Miller. Destiny Network International exists to serve pastors, local churches, and ministry leaders that make up Destiny Network International. For more information on joining the Destiny Network, go to www.destinynetwork.org.